Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Whenever you hear the music, Colin, take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields & Sons. A family-owned, full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880. Spencer Buenick, Virgilini, and Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us here as we are a week away uh, from knowing a result of the first EPAC football game and then a week away from the first Martinsburg Bulldog game that we'll have right here on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. And we'll have that Thursday night game as well. But guys, uh, we've now been to every EPAC school and yesterday we went back out to Jefferson Cougars practice as we were there Monday, but it started pouring the rain. They practiced inside. You don't really get a lot inside, so we went back out yesterday. Uh, what were your impressions of this Jefferson team for the little bit of practice we got to see? Well, I think uh, you know Jefferson has the talent on paper and a lot of positions coming back that I would expect them to at least be you know a winning record team that gets into the playoffs. Uh, I think that really the only position that you don't know who's going to be the starter is the quarterback position they do have a few others i'm sure throughout the roster where they have some competition but in terms of you know the key positions that you look at for teams i mean they are set at wide receiver they go about four or five deep there um you know running back and evan tool is one of the best in the state um and he wants to have an even bigger year this year i think he has the ability to do that have some offensive linemen coming back from last year. Um, and defensively, you know, the secondary is that entire wide receiver core. So that spot is pretty much locked up. Uh, have some good linebackers coming back. And, of course, some defensive linemen as well. So, um, you know, if they can find a consistent quarterback, they can definitely be one of the best teams in the state. And even if they have issues at quarterback, they have enough weapons and skilled position guys that can probably make plays and you if you can find ways to get them the football creatively even if it's not passing the ball necessarily uh jefferson i think has enough talent that you would expect them to be you know winning record team and potentially get into the playoffs now will they be as good as they were last year that's tough to say it all depends on how that quarterback plays but can they be a playoff team? I think definitely. And if that guy plays at a high level, maybe even get better than what they were a year ago. Yeah, I'm looking forward to how they are this year. We only got to see uh, special teams yesterday during the practice. I'm really sure who those three guys are competing for that quarterback spot for Jefferson and how they will become uh, the regular season, which is a week away for them. And we also didn't get to see a kicker during the uh, special teams when we were watching practice because their kicker is, I believe, to uh, be hurt right yeah, now we is what we heard from with, Coach Hunter. Yeah. So we'll have to wait and see if they're ready by week one or if they're going to just have to throw somebody in there. And that's always a tough spot to uh, replace as well, especially in that kickoff game because you want to make sure that you don't give up good field position. Well, and I wonder what the – when you have to have a rostering, because I wonder if they maybe try to get somebody from soccer to come out and help out on a Friday night. I don't know. 
I'm sure if they have that in mind, that's already been yeah. pursued. Um, but also, you do usually have like one or two kids that can just boot it really far. They don't necessarily have the best technique. Uh, they might not be able to do all the creative kicks that you would get from a more well-polished kicker. But usually, like teams can throw out an offensive lineman that just has a boot, and they just kick it to the moon. Uh, but it might not be the best for strategic kicks uh, or field goals. So that might hurt Jefferson, depending on the status of their kicker. I know uh, he had hurt himself in the off season, so I think it's trying to get him back and will yeah. he be able to play this season. Uh, he's also a kid that plays other positions too, so it's not just like a, a soccer player or somebody who just does kicks. Yeah, definitely, and uh, you'll hear more. Uh, about this Jefferson Cougars team tonight on EPAC All Access. It'll premiere after the Spring Mills, I believe, right, right around. How long was the Spring Mills one? Uh, just a little bit over half an hour. Yeah, so probably so. around 8.35 it'll air on TV10, and it'll premiere on WRNR TV on YouTube. Uh, but the EPAC All Access that premiered last night, the Hedgesville Eagles, we talked about them on the show yesterday, and uh, they could be a team that gets into that 5 6 seven wins uh this season and uh you know playoffs are bust you're gonna hear that momentarily from uh head coach matt faircloth as uh you know they're looking to have a good season and uh nick you want to go ahead and play it epac all access here outside moomaw stadium spencer winnick verzellini and colin mclaughlin happy to have you with us we're now joined by eagles head coach matt faircloth and coach uh, we talked to you over the summer. We we obviously got to know you last year a little bit. And, uh, you know, improvement seen on the field last year from the year prior, and now you're uh, really roaring to get even more improvement. Uh, without a doubt. Uh, we had another good off offseason. Uh, you know, like I said, we we got kids out here that want to work. They grind every day. Uh, they put in the, – they come they, – they, they focus on what we need to focus on. We had a tough scrimmage last week against Loudoun Valley that really made us better. We learned a lot about ourselves. So moving forward, I'm excited. What are some of the things that have uh, really shown that the team has grown on? Uh, athletes are starting to develop. Uh, the biggest thing, you know, for us last year, we were big up front, which we're big up front again this year, uh, but we were very limited in our, what we could do with our athletes. Uh, this offseason they put in the work. Uh, you know, Tanner's, Tanner's grown into a man. Uh, DeMonte Martin stepping in and a couple other athletes that we got on transfers. Uh, future's looking bright. You mentioned those two wide receivers and uh, Hedgesville known, obviously, for power run football. We talked about the big offensive line as well, but I mean, you guys got some pretty athletic kids there on the outside and a quarterback in Jackson West with uh, some experience. So can we see more passing from the Eagles this year? No, we're going to open it up. Uh, you know, they they put in the work last year. The biggest thing last year was we wanted, we wanted to establish an identity. What's going to be our identity? We want to run the football. So last year we went with the offense that – you know, you gotta you gotta establish the run with the big boys up front in in that offense. So now, you know, we're moving Eli from uh, tight end to tackle. You know, he's uh, he's up to 300 pounds now at six seven. So for him, he's he moves like a tight end. So now we can get into, you know, moving him around a little bit and getting to those second second level guys. So 
for us, we're going to spread it out, and we're going we're going to show some different stuff this year. And when you look at your schedule, you mix in a lot of different teams in there, and you know, obviously, the EPAC is the EPAC, uh, but you're going to have a challenge in uh, you know when you face. Uh, Morgantown, and then you know having to add in that friendship uh, or that collegiate—I can't remember the name—the one in DC. Uh, friendship collegiate. Friendship yep. collegiate. There, yep. you know, we you talked to it us right. over. It was just backwards. <laughs> <laughs> you had it right, or you talked to us about them over the right. summer a little bit when you had to add them to the schedule. I think those are going to be some challenges for you guys. Yeah, I mean, for for us, you know, we we scrimmage Loudon Valley, and and if anybody sees Loudon Valley right now, like they're monstrous up front, and they've got they got skilled guys galore down there. I mean, they brought seventy-five kids to a scrimmage and. Every one of them played. Like, and there wasn't one of them that you looked at and you said, well, that kid don't need to be on varsity. They could play. So for us, going against a team like that, and then this Friday we're at Galax, Virginia. You know, Galax has been 11-time district champions, and they've been in the state title game the last three years. So for us, we're going to take a long bus trip and see what we match up against. And for us, we want to scrimmage hard opponents because when we get to the EPAC, it doesn't get any easier. Week one, you guys get to take on an EPAC opponent in Washington. We talked with uh, Coach Simpson there, and he's really emphasized their uh, lines as well. So what are you looking forward to uh, come week one between your guys' offensive and defensive lines against theirs? Have we matured? Uh, you know, last year, opening kickoff, we fumbled open kickoff. It killed the momentum. Uh, and last year, for us, it was trying to teach kids how to win. They had never won. Well, they got a little taste of that now. So now, hopefully, we take the next step. We come out prepared. We don't give crazy turnovers up and, you know, do what we do and you know, right now we're perfecting what we're trying to do, but, you know, this Friday I think we're going to show what we're all about. Coach, your team goes from no wins to four wins last year. Uh, what would be the goal then for this season? It's playoffs or bust for us. I mean, and that's the seniors. The seniors came forward and, you know, we set goals every year, but the seniors say if we don't make the playoffs, we didn't achieve what we wanted to. So for us, it's playoffs or bust. We're all in and we're going to put all the chips in the middle of the table and see where it goes. And when you look at the EPAC teams around the area, obviously they're going to improve as well. Uh, what is it going to take to uh, have a good, good record and get some big EPAC wins this year? And I say it all the time, alignment assignment football. You know, <laughs> know, your, know your job. Do your job. Uh, rely on the people to your left and right to get their job done. Uh, and, I mean, last year, again, we were young, we were young in certain positions. But at the end of the day, our youth got experience last year, and now all that's coming to the forefront. You know, we we returned some sophomores or freshmen that played for us last year that are going to be sophomores that are playing in key roles for us. We'll have uh, you mic'd up here later on on the show to get a look at uh, what you guys will be doing so far here this practice. What will we uh, be getting to see from your team today? Uh, we start off in specials. And, uh, we're, we're really emphasizing our special teams this year. You know, last year was a lot of install offense and defensively. So this year we, we start off with specials and then after that we'll get into our offense and it's go time. Energy right. will be here. Coach Faircloth, thanks for the time. We'll be back for more EPAC All Access next. That was Hedgesville Eagles coach Faircloth. If you want to watch the whole EPAC All Access, we'll be replaying it throughout the, uh, I guess, next six days on uh, TV10. And uh, you can watch it whenever you want on WRNR TV on YouTube, the latest upload. Uh, we'll have two more tonight starting at 8 p.m. with Spring Mills. And then right after that, a couple minutes after that, we'll have the Jefferson EPAC All Access. And, and now we've been to every school, guys. Uh, you know, we're going to do a more in depth preview next week on the show. Uh, but we've been to every school. We've seen all these EPAC practices. Uh, what do we think? Start with you, Colin. It's going to be a uh, very tough EPAC season. 
these teams all look uh, geared up and ready to go, and we've been saying it uh, throughout this week. You think Martinsburg's obviously the favorite to be first in the EPAC to make the uh, playoffs, and then if you want a playoff spot, there'll probably be only two other spots from the EPAC just because they have to face each other uh, throughout the season, and because of that, that's going to result in records that might make them right around that 500 spot. If well, you can get that, obviously, six wins, you're probably in, and maybe we see four teams in total. That's what I'm from saying. I think last EPAC, year, but that's I remember, going to be tough. If I remember last year at the end of the season, there was like, we knew that Washington could have gotten in, Spring Mills could have gotten in, and I believe Hedgesville could have gotten in, depending on that final week, how things shook out. Yeah. I, I knew Musselman was. I think they were in there they until out at that point. well, not at the final week, but they were yeah. in there up until I think like week nine. I think they they kind of fell out week nine. But I mean, like the end of the year, you're always fighting if you're going to have teams right around that 500 mark. It'll fight, you know, three, four of the six teams. I mean, there was already two teams in at that point, 100, percent and you had th- two to three other teams fighting to get in there. Yeah, I mean, AAA is easier compared to AA just because it's still the same amount of teams that get into the playoffs, but there's fewer AAA schools than there are AA. So if you're a 5-5 five and five team, you could sneak into the playoffs, and you never see that in AA. It's usually you uh, have to be 6-4, and four, even sometimes 7 wins or more. And those 6-win teams that you typically see in the uh, playoffs when it comes to AAA – would never have a chance in double A. So it's possible, but being realistic, in my opinion, the best case scenario for the EPAC would be getting four teams, but having three teams is that realistic spot. So you're fighting for those two, and Martinsburg's already won. Maybe Jefferson and the rest are all question marks as well. Yeah, and I mean, that's my, like, I think I've said this all week, is my biggest question when you look at Jefferson is who's throwing the ball. Because mm-hmm. you can only get as far, like, you're not a Bridgeport, so you're not you're not going to be able to get into the playoffs based upon running. And if you have, a de- you have a pretty good defense, I think that's good, but you have to mix pass and run unless you're running a Bridgeport-style offense where you're just completely dominant and have two, three, two, two, what is it, 1,200-plus-yard runners? or 1,000-plus yard runners yeah. I had like last year. And I think that that's the biggest question mark if you look at where these teams set last year. And, you know, maybe you, you I wouldn't say record-wise flip, but maybe you, you depending how things shake out, you put Musselman as that second team in the EPAC if they're able to do things. You know, I don't know. We'll have to see how these products are on the field. Also, I don't even feel like you want to have an offense. I mean, granted, it's my opinion, like Bridgeport. No, oh, no, no, no. I mean, we also what happened when they had to go up against a team like Martinsburg. Yeah. They couldn't score. Well, I think you put together the best offense for your personnel, and if you feel like that's the best way for you to have a chance to win, then it is pretty successful. I mean, they did make it far in the playoffs last year. So uh, I think Jefferson definitely has the talent to be a playoff team, and and they might have a quarterback, for all we know, that can really play. So uh, he doesn't have to be Sammy Roberts. He just has to be, you know, solid. So uh, I think they'll find something there, and and it does seem like somebody has emerged as that guy. But in terms of the overall EPAC this year, you know, I think it's going to be very competitive, very similar to last year. I kind of have an idea in my head of where I would rank these teams 
Uh, I don't want to reveal that yet because I feel like we got more to talk about EPAC football next week, and maybe I'll I'll break it down for you guys on on how I would rank them. But, uh, you know, it's tough because some teams have extremely tough schedules like Musselman, and uh, you could look at a few other schedules and see, well, maybe they can pick up some non-conference wins because they might be playing some smaller schools. But the thing is, how much do those non-conference wins actually factor well, it's, it's still a win. It's better than if Musselman were to, you know, drop a few games in their non-conference close games to like Wheeling Park or somebody like that. They're really yeah. good teams. I mean, you don't get any points for a loss no matter who you play. So that could affect some things. Uh, something to, I guess, look out for when you're ranking how you think these teams will finish. It might change based on not necessarily a talent thing, but maybe more so of a strength of schedule thing might help you out a little bit so definitely something i think to maybe dive a little bit deeper into but overall i think the games that we see in conference will all be pretty competitive uh i I would tend to think that martinsburg is obviously going to be the first team and then it's kind of a toss-up for me for two but i would lean toward jefferson right now and then i'll kind of think about the rest later but i completely agree that's what I think I've been thinking of is I mentioned it off uh, when we weren't recording yesterday to you guys was Martinsburg's one. And then I think Jefferson has the capability yeah, that's of being my that two point. or three spot out of the three that I've been saying three teams make it to the playoffs from the EPAC. Half of your conference makes it in. And whether Jefferson's that second one or that third one, We'll have to wait and see because of the quarterback spot. You know, I think you can pretty much have one and six spots locked up just because I I think it's Spring Mills, their building team. I want to say they could go five, six wins, seven wins, but they're just such a young team this year, and I think that their potential for next year is a lot greater than this year. And I hate to say that, but I just think that their Spring Mills potential for 2023 is a lot better than 2022. I mean, whoever ends up being six could be a four and six team and be fighting till the last week of the season. That is true. So it's like, even if you're the last team in this conference, it doesn't mean that you won one or two or no games. So you saying that Spring Mills might be the last team or whoever you think ends up being that last team in the six spot, I don't think that's necessarily a complete discredit of a program because you're going to be in the running, even if you end up in the like last place spot in the conference when it's all said and done i mean you're gonna have a chance i think so yeah i mean we saw we saw musselman last year in that last place spot and have a chance to week eight week nine yeah so they were you know banged up throughout the year and probably could have got a few more wins if they were healthy so all right well that'll do it for this first second we will first segment excuse me we'll wait we'll be waiting until epac football starts next week thursday we'll do a big preview show uh, but that will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online, delivered to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll talk NFL, Commanders preview, Steelers preview, Ravens preview as well. Uh, Kenny Pickett apparently getting more, quote, varsity action, according to Mike Tomlin. We'll talk about that and more coming up next and this is on this edition of the Sports Mix. Wish we know. We'll blow away. 
the reigning Class AAA state champion Martinsburg Bulldogs are ready to run it back. Snap back, placement down. Kick is blocked. It's blocked and it's taken right out of the air. Racing down the near side is Cam Shallis with blockers. He's to the 40, to the Jefferson 30 and 20. He's to the 10 and Shallis is going to return it all the way. The Bulldogs open the 2022 season at home Friday, August 26th against Salem out of Virginia. Coverage begins at 6 p.m. only on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer Prunick, Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Happy to have you with us for this Friday, August 18th, 2022. We'll get into some NFL preview stuff here as uh, preseason. What is it, week two, I guess? Or are we calling it week three in the preseason? It's week two. It's week two for most teams. Because Hall of Fame is like week zero. Yeah, that's true. I guess they do that. Uh, But Commanders are, I believe, traveling to Kansas City today to take on the Chiefs tomorrow, 4 p.m., uh, you can hear that game right here as as well as all of the Commanders games throughout the whole entirety of the season. 4 p.m. kickoff, 2 p.m. pregame show from the Commanders Radio Network. You got that locked down this week. And, uh, I, I mean, how, we probably won't see Pat Mahomes tomorrow. I don't I don't think. I mean, he did play last week a little bit. But, I mean, usually your week one, you, you play a bunch of your starters no matter what. Just depends on, you know, Andy Reid's the style of coach to probably do that. Uh, the Commanders... Uh, need some strong performances tomorrow. It'll be interesting to see, I guess, Antonio Gain- or Gain- Antonio Gibson. I was going to say Gandy Golden. Not He doesn't play anymore. He retired. Correct. Uh, but Antonio Gibson is handling special teams reps in a, quote, admirable way as he has kind of been demoted. That's yeah, we'll see if he say. gets any chance at actually carrying the ball and if he's able to carry the ball or if he fumbles. I'm also uh, anxious to see if uh, we get to see any – of Carson Wentz or if we're going to see more of uh, Heineke for a little bit and maybe Howell splits with Heineke. I want to see Sam Howell. Sam Howell did last game. See if he gets more than uh, how many times he was out there last game. And I think he does being week two. You typically see more of the uh, backups try to shine and make a spot on the roster, which I don't think he's fully worrying about. I think he'll be on that roster. It's just whether... He can beat out Heineke for that backup spot or if he's the third string going into the regular season. Yeah, I think they'll probably have him as either on the practice squad or as their third string quarterback just because uh, he has that NFL regular season experience uh, no matter how you feel about him. I think that that's a guy that you want as your second string quarterback at least for now until Sam Howe really starts to develop. But uh I definitely think the big storyline is Antonio Gibson and how he's able to play. I think they got to give him some reps because you got to kind of figure out your running back spot. And he is the guy with the most experience in that backfield. Uh, And I think, honestly, probably the most talent just needs to find ways to hold on to the football. But we'll see if, if he ends up getting beat out by maybe Brian Robinson or Patterson or probably not Patterson. I don't think he played much in game one. Yeah, but it's well, probably gonna I was going to bring up Patterson. Uh, last year, he he kind of he showed out in the preseason and he made the roster. 
uh, just based upon how he showed in the preseason. And I think that could be a question this year. Does he make the roster? Excuse me. Because you got a veteran on your team, Jonathan Williams, who who had a lot of carries or, you know, was in a lot of – I don't think he got a lot of carries last week, but he was in a lot of the game. He took a lot of snaps at running back. Uh, I mean, you have Gibson. You have Brian Robinson, Jr., the rookie, who's could be slotted in that starting spot. J.D. McKissick. Uh, and then you have Jonathan Williams and Jared Patterson kind of going for that fourth running back spot, which will be interesting to see how that shapes yeah, out. It's going to be a tough running back uh, room to make. And I also want to see, uh, we mentioned it earlier in the week, haven't really mentioned it here later in the week. So I'll throw it back out there. Uh, Dotson to finally get yeah, you know, target. some targets. I want to see Cam Sims, too. I feel like he didn't yeah. do much last last week either. I think that'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, will he make this team? Because, you know, he's been on the team for the last couple of years, but haven't really heard much from him. And, and last week, I don't think he had a catch. He didn't have a catch last week, but have he played. They announced uh, Carson Wentz's status for the game. Uh, the other day I did see Ron. He said he could play him, but he hasn't decided what he's doing. Okay. That, I haven't heard anything since. Yeah. Uh, but I think it'll be interesting, this tight end depth. Obviously, it's not there right now. I don't know how much longer we're, you know, Logan Thompson is going to be out, John Bates, Cole Turner, the rookie. Uh, I want to see what he can do. Uh, but, you know, I think I want to see if they'll put Curtis Samuel out for some snaps because if, he, if, he's, if he's inactive because he's hurt, that's a question mark. Or if he's on their, their plan because they have a plan for him. But if he's inactive because he's a starter, then fine with me. If that's what they're going to say, fine with me. Uh, but Kelvin Harmon could make a name for himself this week as well, who who was on that team a couple years ago. I believe Torres ACL got cut last year but came back, uh, was on the practice squad. Yeah, it's a nice story to uh, follow. I'm hoping that he does well. I liked his uh, tenure at the start with Washington before he got cut and got the injury so if he's back to what he could be i'd like to see him maybe as a like wide receiver number three or four or maybe even in that tight end spot if that uh is low because of the injuries yeah and i'll be interested to see in this defensive uh secondary uh dewan neal shepherd product see what he can do he had a few tackles last week and uh you know if he can shine maybe he uh it, whether it's on special teams or or not maybe he can make the practice squad I wasn't focused too much on him during the game. Did you see if he was ever in during any special teams things I or not? Didn't, I wasn't able to watch most of that game, but okay. I did kind of catch the highlights of it, and I was able to listen to part of it uh, when I was back home in Virginia. Uh, but, uh, you know, it would be interesting to see because, you know, look at this depth. It's kind of interesting. Uh, with now Troy Apke cut, Troy Apke was changed to a corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that kind of – if you look, the, they haven't updated the unofficial depth chart with anything from any roster moves from this week. Uh, so right now it has that cornerback one position as Fuller, Corn Elder, Troy Apke, and Dewan Neal. You take Troy Apke there. Uh, with Troy Apke getting cut, maybe uh, you potentially see him make the team. He's got a better shot now that he's still on the roster. Very and he true. Didn't get cut, uh, but then you have you know those depth guys are names you haven't really heard of. I mean, you have Christian Holmes, Channing Stribling, Danny Johnson was on the team before. Josh Drayton. I haven't heard of those guys. Does that worry you? A little bit, a little bit for that depth because you know at least I feel like for the past couple of years they've kind of had those same guys be there and kind of be in those depth spots that you know of, like a Danny Johnson, 
Uh, and it'll be interesting to see this year kind of the third year uh, in the safety spot for uh, Jeremy Reeves. He's been a you know a guy that's been on the practice squad up in the end of the season, and you know he's listed as this third safety. How many safeties do you keep? Seems like Percy Butler has kind of really taken that spot there from him uh, because you have got Cam Curl, you got Bobby McCain. Last year you had the rookie Derek Forrest who went on the IR, uh, and then you got two two other guys. But Percy Butler and Jeremy Reeves could really be fighting for that final cornerback spot or safety spot. Excuse yeah, me. and if that doesn't work out for them, do we see them switch over to maybe a? Uh defensive back spot to try to get more depth there if you like what you see from them in that situation and those no-name guys that you just mentioned like they talked about troy apke he was a safety he transitioned to a slot corner we see that for one of those guys just to get them to make the team and it makes you uneasy about the defense Uh, yeah i'm very uneasy about this linebacker spot i want to see more out of jamin davis i hope he plays tomorrow cole holcomb i've seen enough uh, but then it's that depth spot. David Mayo, Calico Hudson, uh, Dejon Harris, Milo Effler. Uh, those guys, who's going to kind of stick out? Because they got six linebackers, that, and they're only going to rotate one or two because of the way they have this corner. Uh, these, you know, They're not running your typical 3-4-4-3. Three, four, four, three. Uh, they're running a 4-2-5. Yeah, so they're running with three corners two safeties, two linebackers. I hope they do well because linemen. since that draft where Chase Young came in, granted he was hurt all last year, the strength of Washington was that defense. And now really getting into it, looking at that roster and the depth chart, excuse me, of the defense makes you question if that's the strength anymore of the team. And if that isn't, can you really think that the offense is? Because you still don't really know – how the offense is going to be under Carson Wentz. Well, so is there me. really a strength or an identity for this Washington team? Yeah, it seems and, to me like Washington really hasn't addressed too much of the defense in the offseason the last couple of years. I mean, I mean they, they, they got Jamin Davis, Jamin Davis uh, with that other draft pick in the first round last year, but he was so unproven out of Kentucky. Yeah, and... and and that D-line, I think the D-line... Once the D-line's been healthy, intact. I think yeah. they're fine up front. It's just like to me, I still have a lot of questions about their secondary. I know they have a few decent. I mean, I think they like really William hit Jackson, on Cam Curl, but I think yeah. he was a six-round pick. Cam yeah. Curl's great. Yeah, but you go back. So, so we didn't really mention this much because it's not really much of a news item, uh, really, when you think about it. But Troy Apke gets cut as part of the going down to eighty-five. Uh, he was part of that twenty eighteen draft class that now has one player left on the roster of eight players being drafted plus Adonis Alexander in the supplemental draft. I mean, Durant Payne is the only guy left on 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 the roster and I don't think he's long for this team, right? He's the one that's going to potentially leave, right? Maybe. He didn't sign an extension, so, so and I mean, that's you, kind you, of embarrassing. You drafted Darius Geis, character issues. Jaron Christian uh wasn't long at that spot. Tim Settle turned out to be a really good guy. Now he's up in I believe he's up in Buffalo now. I think you yes. might be right, yeah. And then Sean Dion Hamilton, who looked to be a decent six-round linebacker, nowhere. Greg Stroman out of Virginia Tech uh, as a corner, nowhere to be found. Trey Quinn, Mr. Uh, irrelevant, he didn't do much either. So, he I mean, irrelevant. That, literally, I don't even think he's in the league anymore. But, you know, that 2018 draft class, I mean, we're four years or five draft classes since that 2018 draft class. And none of them, or one of them, is still on the team using his fifth year. They're using his fifth year option as part of that rookie contract. So this is last year with the team. 
which is crazy to me that none of them have re-signed. And if you look, I don't know how many besides Tim Settle, I don't know if anybody else is on any other rosters. I was the Bruce Allen era. Uh, Jaron Christian plays for the Chiefs. Um, Revenge game for him. <laughs> but uh, Greg Stroman's apparently on the Bears. But, I mean, like, they're, they're depth guys. I really don't think, you know, you don't get a lot of that 2018 yeah. draft. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how these commanders shape out. I'm not really worried about uh, – I'm kind of worried about, I guess, the return game. But specials, mm, kicker maybe. Let's see how Joey Sly performs this week. He missed a point after last week. Uh, but Tressway, don't have any worry in the world about him. He's one of the top punters in the league. Uh, top part of the punters. I don't necessarily know where you put him. Uh, but, you know, the commanders, 4 p.m. tomorrow against the Chiefs. We'll have that on radio for you at 2 p.m. with the pregame from the Commanders Radio Network. Now we'll move on to the Steelers. Uh, the Steelers rookie quarterback, Kenny Pickett, is expected to get more, quote, varsity reps in second preseason game. Yeah, he looked great in uh, the first game that he played in there last week. But that was against, you know, third and fourth string guys. So can Kenny Pickett perform at a high level against uh more first and second stringers. I think that will be interesting. Mitch is still going to play to start the game. Uh, this is exactly what I predicted, actually. So Trubisky will probably, I think, take the first series and then they'll throw Pickett in there and then uh, Mason Rudolph to close out the game because, like I said before, they know what they're getting out of yeah. Mason Rudolph. Uh, Trubisky, I think, is the starter, even though they haven't came out and said it yet. So just give Pickett some good reps, really see what you have in them. Uh get a chance to evaluate him a little bit more and then toward the end of the year if the Steelers are maybe struggling uh, with Trubisky then you go ahead and you throw Pickett into the fire and he now has this experience against a little bit higher competition where you can get a really good evaluation of him uh, in game action so I think it's a, a good opportunity for the Steelers to uh, see Pickett and then I think next week he probably plays the entire game or most of the game maybe a little bit of Rudolph in there as well well, you don't want him to get injured, so I don't know right. if he'll play the entire game week three if he does well in week two. And I, you looked tremendous there in that week one. Granted, as you said, Nick, it was against third and fourth string guys, but he still led them to a game-winning touchdown drive against the uh, Seahawks. I'm trying to remember the stats off my I head. I think yeah, it was only like one or two incompletions, which is very impressive. Even though 13 to 15, 95 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah, that, that's pretty good for a rookie going into week one of preseason and i think you can probably go in that 20 completion range out of 30 depending on how that, long maybe 25 for 30 depending on how long he's in i mean if you give him most of the first half you throw trubisky out there for one drive how you know maybe you go into the third quarter i i don't know but you know looking back at this last week if you're going to compare pickett and rudolph uh you know, pick a 13 of 15, 95 yards, two touchdowns. So he had the most touchdowns combined between the two quarterback, the other quarterbacks, but, you know, only seven uh, attempts for Mitch Trubisky. But looking at Mason Rudolph, nine for 15, 93 yards, one touchdown. Uh, you know, Kenny Pickett completed four more passes, but only two more yards. So I think how much what does his arm look like where are they what are the throws you know what's the situations i think now you're gonna have more of him you're gonna put him in different situations yeah it will definitely be a good chance for them to really get a good evaluation it definitely will be steelers tomorrow night i believe let me double check tomorrow night 8 p.m no 7 p.m against the jaguars 
unfortunately, we won't have that game for you because the way the Steelers network works is you can't join it in progress. So can't do that because, I mean, I don't know what time the Commanders game is going to end. So. That's true, too. Uh, but Ravens, they're in action Sunday at 8 p.m. That's a little weird. It's a prime timer. Was it on? I think it's on Fox. It's actually on Fox. This is one of their warm-up games? Yeah. Nice. Okay. The Ravens are playing the Cardinals. Uh, Hollywood Brown, will he play? No, he's not playing. No, he's not playing. Hollywood's not playing for the Cardinals. Kyler's not playing. Lamar's not Are they going to make is, – uh, is, what's his face going to make Kyler call some plays like he did last week? Who? Kingsbury? Yeah, Kingsbury uh, made Kyler what's call his plays. What's face, really? I couldn't remember off the top of my head, guys. But uh, Lamar's not playing – so there's not really much to watch for from starters. I know Mark Andrews isn't going to play. Probably most of the, the key starters aren't going to play, but a few more are expected to. They haven't revealed, I don't think, who is and who isn't exactly. But um, I think some things to watch for the Ravens is continue to see those rookies and how they uh, really played well You know, in week one. Uh, Travis Jones is a guy that's getting a ton of hype at the defensive tackle position. Uh, he did great against the Titans. He's done great in camp. Uh, so I'm excited about him and how he fills a role that the Ravens really need. I think a, a nice young interior defensive lineman. Uh, and it looks like a steal is a third-round pick. Maybe they let Tyler Linderbaum uh, get a little PT out there. He's dealt with the uh, injury. I think it's a foot injury that he's dealt with. Uh, nothing too serious. So hopefully he can get out there. Kyle Hamilton continues to see his progress. Those are kind of some of the guys I'm looking out to see. And uh, maybe some young wide receivers that didn't play week one. Who's Fox's number one crew now again? Uh, Kevin Burkhart and Olsen. Greg Olsen. Yes. For right now. Until Tom Brady decides to eventually hang it up. Well, we'll get to hear those two guys. Yeah, Poor Greg Olsen. Maybe not. I don't know. Do they do that? I, I'm not sure. I mean, if it's their Fox's yeah. warm-up. But that'll do it for this edition, or segment, excuse me, not edition, trying to end us still 14 minutes early. That'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Arsini's Home Store. Not just supply and store any longer, cabinets and designer bedding. It is family-owned and operated right here in Martinsburg at 360 Aquas. And we go to Orsini's.com for more. When we come back, we'll talk a little WVU. And uh, former WVU quarterback has found his new home. We'll talk about that in two minutes. After an incredible run to the national semifinals, the Shepherd University football team is back in action for another thrilling season on TV10. Five seconds, throws, and so got Tarek! He got a foot in! Wow! Touchdown, Shepard! Join us on Thursday, September 1st at 5.30 as the Rams kick off their season in New Haven, Connecticut against Southern Connecticut State. Right here on Comcast Channel 10 and WRNR TV on YouTube. Now, back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you today. WVU football kicks off in under two weeks now. The backyard brawl on the first uh, up at Akersher Stadium. I was going to say Heinz Field. Almost caught my – almost did it. Uh, sorry. I almost said it, but uh, I guess uh, national media – is uh, getting the attention of West Virginia 
West Virginia is getting the attention of national media. ESPN's Greg McElroy lists five reasons why WVU is, quote, a dangerous team in 2022. The addition of Graham Harrell, the addition of JT Daniels, the yep. weapons yep. on offense, uh, the experienced O-line, and the experienced D-line. What do we think about this? Colin, the expert West Virginia fan slash West Virginia super fan over here. Uh, wish we had that We're picture. We're coming up on a one-year anniversary of that picture as well. Yeah, I was about to say, wish I could put that picture on the screen right now. Yeah, because that was the first game of the year. Yeah. That was against Maryland. Yeah, there. that's when Nick and I went to see Marshall at Navy. Uh, not for very long, though. <laughs> Whole story there. Not for radio. But, I mean, those points are all accurate points. You just have to wait and see how they actually perform, obviously. I mean, yeah, the offensive line's coming back. The defensive line's coming back. The defensive line was a strong point for West Virginia last season, but is it enough against the teams that they have to play? Because WVU has a really, really tough schedule this year. The conference, obviously, you got to play teams like Baylor, Oklahoma, Texas, Oklahoma State. Your non-conference schedule, two out of the three teams are Power 5 schools, Pitt being ranked in Week 1 on the road. Virginia Tech, who, if they start pretty well they could be ranked once wvu plays them again another road game and then your other non-conference games towson that should be a winnable one at home but out of those teams if jt daniels is an elite quarterback like he can be when he wasn't injured and did really well at usc and at georgia yeah, I believe it. WVU could be a dangerous team this year. Hey, WVU uh, will play Virginia Tech September 22nd, Thursday night matchup, 730. We'll have that for you on Talk Rated WRNR from the Mountaineers Sports Network. Uh, Virginia Tech head coach Brett Pry officially names their starting quarterback, none other than former Thundering Herd quarterback in Charleston, West Virginia, native GW uh, alum Grant Wells. Uh, I think it'll be an easy victory for uh, for the Mountaineers there. That's I'm hoping so, but I mean, I just I'm not Grant a go solid to quarterback. I think. Blacks, but we'll, how will he do in the ACC slash? How will he do against? Apparently, well enough that he's won the starting job there. So, how much of a leash does he got? It's Blacksburg know. on a Thursday night. That that environment is going to be crazy. Exactly, crazy, crazy. They I, want I'm the Black Diamond Trophy back. I'm hoping they don't get it back. I'll say this about WVU. I think they definitely do have. A lot of those things that he mentioned are kind of the fundamentals for having a successful football team. Uh, having a potentially elite quarterback, you know, a really good offensive line, a really good defensive line. I mean, that's how you win football games. So fundamentals are there. It's just can they put it all together and be successful? And so far, Neil Brown hasn't really proven that on a consistent level. And like Colin said, it's a very tough schedule. So I think they could definitely get, though, to maybe eight wins and be yeah. a respectful team in the Big 12 this year. Yeah, that'll be interesting. We'll talk more about West Virginia as the season gets closer. But a former WVU quarterback, Jared Deggy, we said he was in the transfer portal. Uh, he transferred. That's like his third, fourth school now. Uh, he obviously was at West Virginia, went to Western Kentucky. Then he transferred out of there because he didn't make the, the t- he didn't get the starting nod. Now he makes his decision. He will now be in the Sun Belt with Troy. Uh, see for Which his is where Neil spot. Brown used to coach. Interesting. Very interesting, but uh, that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Parsons Ford, Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one. First, go to ParsonsFord.com for more. We'll be back to wrap up today's edition and this week's uh, this week's show on the other side of this break. You're tuning in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. 
You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Abrams more toward the middle of the diamond now. Behind the runner, Myers at second. Kim, the trail runner, first has big lead. Not holding him. Here's Finnegan's pitch. Ground ball right side. Racing is right. Hernandez. He shovels to Abrams. Throw to first. It's a double play. It's a double play. It's a curly W in the books in San Diego. Kyle Finnegan gets the ground ball to the right side. Hernandez to Abrams. On to Joey Manessis. And bang. Zoom. Just like that. A curly W in the books in game one of this four. Late night Nats are back. They get a victory. And segment sponsored in part by the Marius Group of Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343. Stop by their offices at 1270 Winchester Avenue. Spencer Dupunek, Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us for this final uh, two minutes or so. But the Nats get it back in the win column against the Padres last night. You Darvish was dealing, though. Uh, he had given up one run. He was in there, I believe, eight in the third innings. I think I tuned in right in the ninth inning, right after he had been pulled in and the three runs total. And that's get the 3-1 victory. Three are charged to him. Uh, yeah, he, he went um, – pulled up the wrong time. He went eight in the third, five hits, three runs, six strikeouts. <laughs> and uh, Josh Hader came in and gave up the game. I was going to make a joke just to mess with you. I'm like, what, are they at 40 wins finally? And uh... – yeah, they are. There exactly at 40 wins. Uh, Abrams finally got a hit for the Nats, but he had that slick turn there of that double play to get the final out of the game. Uh, Josh Hader basically collapsed in that ninth inning when he came in, and uh, he gave up an RBI walk, and uh, that was. The, and then Cabert Ruiz uh, hit a sack fly to make it 3-1. But Nats get the victory. Uh, they're back at it tonight. I believe 9.40 again, 9.10 pregame show right here on Talk Radio WRNR. Uh, and I believe we'll be able to carry the Nats tomorrow night as well uh, with uh, the timing of the Commanders ending, and then we'll carry them on Sunday, which I believe Sunday is a 4.10 contest as well. So uh be interesting to see these Nats this weekend for the Padres. But, Colin, how the O's doing? Uh, O's unfortunately dropped it against uh, the Cubs yesterday. 3-2, tried to come back, came up short, taking on Boston this weekend. Should be a uh, tough series. The Red Sox are looking pretty good as of late, so the Orioles need to start winning again so that Boston doesn't jump them in the standings. There you go. Uh, so tonight, tune into the Nats on Talk Radio WRNR at 9-10, uh, Tomorrow night, it'll be, we can join in progress that game, and then 4-10 on Sunday. Uh, then tonight, or excuse me, tomorrow, Commanders, 4 p.m. kickoff, 2 p.m. pregame show right here on Talk Radio WRNR. Tonight on TV 10, you can catch the final two episodes of EPAC All Access as well as WRNR TV on YouTube. Spring Mills and Jefferson starting at 8 p.m., but that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. For Colin, Nick, I'm Spencer saying so long. We'll talk to you t- on Monday when it's football season. 